sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere, MTMV Sports. I'm so geeked. I'm here with the founder and the CEO of the Ozell brand, our sponsor, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm blessed. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing great. Yo, do me a favor. Tell me about what got you started making shoes. Man, it's just crazy. It's just growing up in a type of environment I grew up in, mother getting robbed and shot, me being molested, me not knowing who I was as a as a person, as a man, birthed something in me. I started looking at shoes as a way out in middle school, and God gave me this dream and gave me this vision, and boom, it birthed. Man, I saw these shoes. They're beautiful, they're high quality, and they're at a, a good affordable price, bro. What went into making the shoes? Man, it's just me thinking about the shoes that I love, the shoes that I desire as a kid. Well, my mother couldn't afford it. So it's like, now how can I create a shoe at good quality at affordable price for other families who actually are currently going through what I went through as a kid? Bro, I heard you can play two sports in them. Are they soccer and football cleats? Yeah, man, they two sport cleats, soccer and football. See, growing up, I played multiple sports, so it was just like bouncing from transition from different shoe to shoe. So, hey, it's two and one, so it's a good deal. Where can people find these shoes, man? Man, you go to ozelbrand.com, follow Ozel Brand on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but please subscribe on ozelbrand.com, please. Yo, you heard the man, Mr. Titus, Ozel Golden. That's his middle name, yo. Go, <laughs> go out and support this brother. He is doing his thing. Listen, you want to support him. You want to get these shoes on your feet. Look, they're beautiful, remarkable quality, and at an affordable price. Listen, stop what you're doing. Go to Ozell Brand. That's O-Z-E-L-L brand.com today. And like his predecessor, mm-hmm. uh, another New Jersey running back. Another New Jersey running back. Man, today something. Man, uh... I don't know if y'all know, man, but I'm proud to say the show started, man. Well, let's get Let's go. Let's get it. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, man? What's up? What's up, man? It's your boy MVP JT here. Another episode, MVP University, episode number four. We are live, man. So check this out. I got a very special guest with us today, Jay Stevens from the Locked On Podcast. He covers Ohio State Buckeyes. I got my boy, Cunning Westside, Professor Dante. We are live, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We on all social media, man. So just check us out, man. And we're going to give y'all a great show week in and week out. Guarantee you that. So, so man. So what's up, Jay Stevens, man? Introduce yourself to our, our people, man, and tell them more about you. What's up, guys? I am Jay Stevens. As JT said, I am the host of Locked On Buckeyes. It's a daily podcast covering the Ohio State Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I also host the Jay Stevens podcast coming out once a week. Just my own show to exercise and share my opinions about what's going on in sports, mainly football and basketball, but we'll tackle some things in other sports as well. I'm glad to be with these guys. I've been with Westside previously and JT, uh, done stuff for MTNV, so I'm glad to be back with them. And uh, we always cut up, always have a lot of fun. I'm glad to hopefully have to do some of that today. Hey, I'm going to give you a real quick story. So the name MVP JT came from Jay Stevens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dave Stevens is the creator He's of the creator of MVP JT. <laughs> hey man, Conrad, talk to the people, man. Tell them what's up. 
Well, hey, man, it's been great here in Tallahassee, man. Hey, I'm happy to be with y'all again, man. Uh, my team, man. I'm happy to have Jay Stevens back. Fun facts about me and Jay Stevens. Jay Stevens has roasted me about my choice of basketball teams and my choice of football teams. I don't know why. It was his thing, but, you know, this is what it is. But nonetheless, I love having them here, and y'all going to have a great show because these four characters together are going to make Captain Planet. <laughs> wow. Yo, yo, Professor Dante, talk to him, man. What's up, bro? Listen, man, it is it is August 16th. The days to real football is coming close, and it includes Division Three, my alma mater, uh, hopefully we're going to make another run at the playoffs. Uh, I am a Wabash College grad. So Jay from Ohio, we were cannon fodder for Mount Union quite recent, uh, quite often. Um, but I'm just looking forward to some football, man. Uh, looking forward to the school year starting. I am the principal, excuse me, I'm backwards, of New Vistas <laughs> High School represent. It's that way. Um, so let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So as y'all know, on our show, man, we have a couple of segments. We have On the Yard with Professor Dante, where we chop it up about relevant topics in college football, college sports altogether. Then, you know, we have another episode, another segment called Film Session. And But this week on Film Session, we got a very special guest, Jay Stevens, who's going to really chime in and give us more information about the Big Ten and what we need to look forward to on that side of the spectrum. So let's go ahead and get it started, man. So Professor, talk to him. What's on the yard today? Hey, listen, let's go across the yard. Let's get into the class. Well, we got three things today. So number one, let's, I want to pick up what we left off last week talking about basketball schools that are good at football. Because apparently, Bluegrass State, Lexington, Kentucky, it's a little East Coast, West Coast beef between Mark Stoops, head coach, head football coach, and John Calipari. They're at a tournament down there, and Calipari, who's trying to stump for a new basketball facility, basically said, hey, we're a basketball school. Mark Stoops threw a little shade, said, well, don't we play in the SEC? Which is clearly a shot fire um, concerning uh, the basketball team's loss to St. Peter's. And Mark Stoops did end the football season on a winning note, winning his ball. So I'm going to leave it to y'all. Oh, one more thing. And, and, and I read this before I came on. Uh, there is an article on Saturday Down South by a guy by the name of Matt Hayes. who He said, and this is what I want y'all to answer. He said they could replace John Calipari tomorrow, but it would take years to replace Mark Stoops. So what are oh, y'all? You already know. You okay. already know. So brain trying no, to no, I'm, I'm trying to think a basketball school. This is a that, whole thing. No, no I'm, I'm trying, saying, I'm trying to think. Thing. But I'm saying I'm saying a basketball school that's relevant in football. North Carolina is, is getting there. No. Yes. Bro, North Carolina the is only, getting there, bro. The only Matt, school, Matt Brown, bro, man, Matt, the only Matt, school no, Matt Brown has, has, bro, the no. only school that's close to this question is Michigan. 
No, sir. No, sir. Michigan is a football school, though. Michigan is a football school. Michigan is more football than basketball. But think about the think about when the Fab Five and all of them came through. Not that was years ago. Bro, I mean, had, they, they, it's, still, it's still relevant. What are you talking about? And, and Michigan's been in the Final Four recently. Yeah. My question is about Kentucky. My question is: John Calipari really that easily? Is he more replaceable than Mark Stoops? Yes. Yes. Mark okay. Stoops is Mark Stoops is giving you something that. A lot of a lot of teams are not given nowadays a, a a consistent team, consistent defense, somewhat like he's making the Kentucky Blue defense look good, bro. Everybody wasn't talking about the Hilltops in Kentucky. No one was talking about the Blue Hilltops. But you know what? When he got there, he thought he got them guys thinking like, you know what? We can really we can really win this. We can really go to the SEC East and put up numbers. We can the do thing- whatever we want here. The thing with Kentucky f- basketball is they always have an elite coach. I mean, you think about the coaches that they've had over decades. They always find a way yeah. to have an elite coach. And if Calipari leaves today, they'll find another elite another coach to elite come coach. in and take him. With Mark Stoops, he's building something in Kentucky that's not that they're not known for. I wouldn't right. say it would take years and years and years to rebuild what he is doing there in Kentucky, I wouldn't Jay, go that far. He, he started what he started with in 2014. He took the job, took the job in 2014. He's been working on something, so we he, we might we might be a class away right now from him do- dominating the SEC East. Let's not let's let's not say Kentucky dominating football. Be. Look, I have not. I, I'm, I'm being kind of calm now. You said I made some fun of you for a while ago. I've been trying to, trying to, been trying to be kind of calm. Kentucky ain't gonna dominate nothing yeah. in at the SEC division conference. Nothing. Yeah. There we go. No, nope. yeah, not, 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 as, not as long as Kirby Smart's at Georgia. No. Um, but, but, but what I will say, I think if you look across the spectrum of college football, I will argue. Kentucky is a top two or three developmental program in the country. Like how how he recruits. So you calling him a JUCO? No, I'm not at all. But <laughs> hey, look, go, go, listen, go, go to 20, go to twenty four seven. Go to twenty four. See, he's trying to mess with me, and I go let him mess with me. Not yet. Not, not till seven two. Not today. Look, you go to twenty four seven. You see the recruiting rankings. They they're not getting four and five stars at Kentucky, but. And I tell the story about Josh Allen all the time. Josh Allen, I think, was a two-star guy out of Jersey. I think he had one star, bro. Real found, 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 found him, found him at 6'5", 225, burning cats at track. He they didn't even discover him playing football. And man, became a, a top ten draft pick. That's what Stoops does. But yeah. but so yeah. let me ask you the question. Okay, so. Yes, Kentucky do not get the five stars, the four mm-hmm. stars. They get average football players. Okay, mm-hmm. so it takes an average, it takes a above average coach to turn them into great players, right? Mm-hmm. So if, let's just say hypothetically, Mark Stoops decide to leave. Mm-hmm. Right now, just with the, all of our college minds, who would be a good replacement for that that job? Dave Clawson. Mm-hmm. Dave Clawson, Wake Forest. Because no. um, and here's why. Here's why. Because the the philosophy is similar. Watch. Listen, Conrad, because you're gonna learn something right now. The <laughs> philosophy is similar, 
And unlike Wake Forest, guys won't transfer when they're redshirt juniors and redshirt seniors at Kentucky. They'll stay. Mm-hmm. So he could really get all and stay all at Kentucky. Jay right. Stevens, if you had to replace Mark Stoops today, I don't have a name that comes in mind. Um, I do. Well, I will say that with Kentucky football, a lot of guys will go there and stay. Um, unless they are going to go into a higher program or they're able to get and capitalize on name image like this to get some deals there. A lot mm-hmm. of guys that go to Kentucky will end up staying. And also Kentucky can, is a place where you, get, you can get a guy like a Wondell Robinson who leaves Nebraska, goes there and balls out and really makes him a name for himself, a bigger name than he did or that he would have at Nebraska because mm-hmm. Scott Frost really has a bit proved me that, <laughs> proven to me that he is that guy. So you may get guys that can that will stay, but you can also get some really talented guys to transfer in, mm-hmm. uh, either grad transfer or guys that have two or three years of eligibility left. And so I don't know of a name, but I do know that if I'm a coach that say, I'm not going to be at a top-tier program, I'm not going to be at a bottom-feeder program, I can be at a program like in Kentucky – where you can win seven, eight games, uh, nine games a year, and keep your job and really have that job security, that's a spot I would look at. Um, I've always viewed Wake Forest and Kentucky kind of on the same similar playing field. But if you have Kentucky, SEC, I'd rather play in the top Eastern Conference than the ACC. So if Thanks. I'm going from Wake to Kentucky, one, it's a, bigger, it's a bigger platform. You're playing on the ESPN a whole lot. You're playing on ESPN, <clears throat> getting all those eyeballs you're also playing bigger schools. You're playing your Arkansas or Ole Miss or Mississippi State or uh, Alabama or Florida or Georgia. You're playing these schools that already are going to bring more eyeballs, which is going to make you look a whole lot better if your team is able to grind out and win a game late via a field goal or just grinding it out uh, maybe via a goal line stand. Kentucky's not a bad place to be if you're a coach that's like, I, I will never be at a top program, but I can I can I can slash and be sustained at the uh, the University of Kentucky. We What's exist up? in a college football world where a player would transfer from Nebraska for more exposure, and the other place is Kentucky. I don't know if that makes you know you the name that comes mind for this. No, oh, it don't make you. It, it's just it's just weird to think about. It, it, it's it, weird. It's to think weird about. because if you think about like uh, um, Josh Gibbs, he left Georgia Tech to go to Alabama. Right. Oh no, but that's okay, okay, okay. JT, I would too. I grew up. I feel like I feel like I'm the oldest one in the room. I grew up with the Saturday night Big Eight game of the week. Wow, and it was it was Nebraska every Saturday after the Notre Dame game. So I grew up with Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips and Terrell Farley when Nebraska was the program in college football. They ran the country, and and I and I, and, and and I don't even know if Kentucky had a football field back then, <laughs> let alone played. Just some bluegrass in the middle of in the middle of a field. Listen. <laughs> Let me go ahead and give uh, my coach real quick. The coach that I'm thinking of right now is uh, Brad Biederman. The, the, uh, Bielema. B- yeah. Brett, B- Brett Bielema from Illinois? No, no. Uh, Bielema. Uh, the coach that uh, does – he's the offensive coordinator. Eric Bielema from the Chiefs. Eric Bielema, I'm sorry. Eric Bielema. That's who I got in mind. I think he will be the guy to come in, change the 
make it an offensive school or whatever, but like it, it will change the it will change the landscape of that mm. uh, program with by great numbers, dude. Like for real. But his okay, so you bring up Eric Bieniemy. Okay, mm. so he, you think he will? You think his first head coaching job will be in the college uh, level versus? I the, think it, college, it has to be because the thing is. When you have the NFL not not showing you no love, bro, you go you come to the college ranks, and you got complete control. People think about and the enemy. The enemy has a mind like none other, and he can develop people because he's developed the pro in dog on Patrick Mahomes. That's him. That's no one else. That's him doing that. So, hey, I, Tom, I let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Why didn't Colorado call him after Mel Tucker left? Bro, so let me tell you something. That's his alma mater. So let me wait. Hold on, before you, before you go there, because I don't think I don't think Colorado actually had had. They didn't think they had the money for him. I'm pretty Colorado sure Colorado got, got money, a little bro. bread, but I don't think they got. They, they don't think they, they got the money for him. And here's, here's this is my theory. I think I think what it was he he was on the table and he had all these NFL teams. Barking up, barking up, barking at his door, or whatever, quote unquote. And and of course, I don't think um, I don't think I don't think Colorado's confrontational when it comes down to who they pick as far as coaches or whatever. And you know they don't want to have no conflicts with the NFL because they could be like, yo, we got him. We can go ahead and uh, bring him in. He'll be the black head coach that we need for this program. Like. I don't see I don't see you know that that school doing that, but I do see Kentucky doing that because Kentucky's bold. They're bold with every with all their choices. They are real bold with all their choices, and I do think I do what I do think that he'll wind up being what the first head black uh, first black head coach there. I think that would be something because they, they, it's it's time. It's time. So, so Jay Stevens, your face saying you got something you got to say, bro. Talk to me. Go ahead, go ahead, Jay. <laughs> Did, was it a stretch? Um, I'm not gonna roast you like I thought about doing. I'm gonna leave that for another day. Uh, I've been tr- I, Come on, fool! I've been brother. I've been really calm and tame with you, Westside. I'm not gonna try to roast you right now, bro. This uh, is the, this is the show to do it on, bro. That's why. That's why. That's why we got it. That's why we got you here. This is the show to let loose on. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not worried about feelings over here. My thing <laughs> with Eric B. Enemy going to college football it does not have to be with Colorado. It's I'm a martyr or say at Kentucky or schools like that, is does he want to recruit and does he want to deal with the boosters, the collectives, the NIL, and the portal? Because if I am a coach in the National Football League, the OCDC, absolutely not. It is not. If you think about how in in the NFL you have to deal with the combine, you have to deal with some scouting, but you're really – you're not like the CEO of the program or the organization – in college football, you are the end all, be all. Everything's on you. If if the third string quarterback gets caught up with something, oh, you lost control of the program. If the starting quarterback gets in trouble with the law, drunk driving, you've lost control of the program. Then you got to deal with the NIL stuff. These these kids are coming in entitled. Does he want to deal with that? Does he want to deal with the portal where you recruit a kid, your highest recruit in school history? And then he leaves, he goes to the portal because he doesn't start his freshman year at the school. These are all things I think about when I think about an NFL coach going from the NFL to college. So I do personally think that's a big reason why, let's say Colorado called Eric Bieniemy and he's 
factoring in, do I want to stay in the NFL? Do I want to go to college? And he's looking at, well, the portal's going to change. NIL is going to change. Um, the collectives are changing. Um, my job role over the next two years could have a lot more added to it than it does right now. I like Eric Bieniemy. I think he'll get a head coaching job at some point. I, if I was him, I would really weigh my options to say it might be better to go to to stay in the NFL than to go to college. Because, buddy, that animal, and I, I hear Brian Day talk about it all the time. The animal coaching college football right now is a lot different. He's only been at Ohio State, the head coach, for three years. It's a lot different now than it was when he yeah. became the head coach after winning the 2018, 19 Rose Bowl when Urban Meyer retired. Okay, <clears throat> so back to the original question at hand: the football schools with uh, the basketball school with potential football programs, whatever it is. So, with us being a Big Ten show today, what school in the Big Ten is considered a basketball school that has uh, football potential? Purdue. 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 So, I, so, so is, is Purdue a marquee job when it comes down to football? No. Yes. Not not marquee. Yes. I think when you come up, if you think so, about marquee all, jobs in the, my bad, all my the bad, facilities that they got, Purdue. All, what? No, bro. I, I I've been I, to Purdue. They're, they're, I live. I live in Indiana. Their 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 stuff is not all that. It's not there Jay, at all. Where you live in Indiana, man? Indianapolis. Okay, I live in Hammond. I'm up north. I'm in the region. Oh, okay, okay, up there in the region. Look at this. We got an Indiana uh, reunion here. Oh, listen, listen, listen. I have, like, yeah, I have, I have, I've been to Purdue games. I visit their facilities. That they're not, but define marquee. So We're talking okay, about so, money. So, so when I say marquee, like a potential head coaching job that will you get to the school, make a name for yourself with two or three winning seasons, and now you offer to a bigger school. Could um, could Purdue be that that spot to where, okay, um, I could do a lot at Purdue. What are you talking about? I would say I think, especially when this new when this new TV deal comes through, uh-huh. I think Purdue can be one of those jobs where you'll say, I could move to a bigger school. But hey, Jay Steve, you get all the love in the comments. I know. Bro. Hey, man, <laughs> the people love me, man. I, what can I say? You know, I, I think Purdue will be. I think Purdue will be better than like the fifth best job in the ACC. Sure. Because because you, you're gonna because you're gonna make more money, mm-hmm. and Purdue is gonna be able to use that that TV money to put in the facilities, and they do need to upgrade the facilities. They do. But so, I mean, I can and, do some. My, my, I, the reason why I said that, and, and I don't want I don't want anybody to think that I'm crazy when I'm saying this, because I do say crazy things. You but do. Like, you I do. Shut up. Shut Confirm. Up, shut up. Shut up. I do say crazy things, but the reason why I said <laughs> that because it's the it's the potential what you have. Like the thing is, Purdue has proven something that a lot of other schools have not. They proved that they could beat Ohio State maybe two years in a row. You know what I mean? Or they can prove that like they they're any given team. Like they'll they'll go anywhere and play play hard football. You know what I'm saying? They can produce guys, go to the league. My thing is if I had that program, I could have that program all put together. We could be a we could be an actual contender. 
in 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 the national championship contending, or not even the national. Let's, let's not even go. Let's not even stretch the national. Championship. Yeah, please. Let's don't just say a far, Big bro. Ten. Let's say Big Ten contender. I at least could get them to a Big Ten contending uh, status. You know well, what I mean? Because, well, uh, because of course, they're, they're how, the how they recruit. They they recruit Florida very well. That's one. Indiana recruits Florida very well. Compared I don't know to who? what it is about Indiana, huh? Compared to who? So compared to compared to like compared to like Ohio State, I think they they they, they recruit Florida very well. <laughs> nah, they Ohio, not Ohio, Ohio State, State will get Florida kids, but I'm talking about Indiana just knows how to get the kids. From Did you Florida. get hit over your head before we started this show? <laughs> You just said Indiana recruits Florida better than Ohio State. That is what he said. That's incorrect. That, that's, that's what now, he granted, said. I will I give so. I will give Tom Allen some credit because Tom Allen does a phenomenal job in South Florida. He has ties down there. But if you he mean does. to say, you will sit up here and tell me IU Indiana University recruits no, no, Florida no, no, no. better Not than Indiana. Right. I'm talking about the, just the state of Indiana. You got three schools, bro. You got I IU. Know. You got Purdue. Three you got schools. Notre Dame. They, put, Ohio- they they grab they grab Florida very well, <laughs> and I don't know what it is about the state of Indiana. You literally grabbing three schools out. versus one, like well, that so argument. I'm, yeah, yeah, I know it's a yeah, crazy yeah, argument, but it's a real. Um, but it, you look at it over for real. Did did they put something in your water? They might did. So Man. so and actually, I would argue. I would argue. So my so my mind, so my mind's elsewhere. So 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 okay. So to to wrap this segment up, uh, first of all, Kentucky is currently the best basketball school that's good at football. Uh, that's number North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, no no no. I'll huh? go Kentucky still. Just go 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 ahead and Google records last five years. When's the last time North? When's the last time North Carolina finished second in their division or won more than seven games? Look how many consecutive bowl games uh UK has went to. You just like you just like Carolina Blue. They're they're not better than Kentucky. And if you put them right now, both on the neutral field, I'll take Kentucky all day and twice on Sunday. Uh and, and, and Conrad, Purdue actually recruits Texas better than they recruit Florida, but that's from the Joe Tiller pipeline. Um we got some more stuff for on the yard, but we're gonna hold that till next week. And I'll save my Purdue thoughts till we get to this Big Ten preview. Yes, sir. We appreciate that, Professor. You know what I'm saying? Hey, y'all, if y'all like the only yard topic, man, we ask y'all to chime in on YouTube, on the comments below, ch- chime in on Twitter. And, man, hey, we will continue this conversation all day. Trust me and believe me. Like, we can get real spicy with the, this thing here. But, you know, the next t- thing coming up is the film session. You know, the film session is where we're going to preview the Big Ten. You know, we have a special guest, Jay Stevens, here with us today. So, you know, we're going to chop it up to him. So, Jay Stevens. In our film session, we want you know what I'm saying. Want you to kind of sort of break down what you know about the Big Ten and what we have to look forward to coming up to the, coming up to the season. So right now, what are some of the hot takes in the Big Ten that we need to look forward to, and what are some of the sleepers that that we expect to what we could expect to see in the Big Ten this year? <clears throat> Start with the Big Ten East. I'll make this kind of quick for everybody. It's Ohio State. They are the team. They have the coach, Ryan Day. They have the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Have the running back, mm. Travion Henderson. They have the receiver mm. in Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those guys that I just mentioned, the coach and then the players, that offense should be elite. Now, I don't think it's going to be elite just yet. I think there are some question marks as I've been looking at the team a little bit closer lately that they will need to be fine, that they will need to fine-tune going into the season. I think the defense will be better, and I think that's one reason why I have them higher – as the Big Ten East um, leader, I think that they'll win the Big Ten East this year 
offense could do whatever it did last year if it had the same numbers. If the defense does not get better, that they will not win the Big Ten East. I think it's that simple. You have Michigan. What, 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 court, what will the quarterback situation be, and how will they uh, replace Aiden Hutchinson and then David Ajabo? So those are two things there that on the defense, also the quarterback. Uh, Kate McNamara, J.J. Uh, McCarthy. I think McNamara's earned the job. I think Harbaugh's trying to keep McCarthy along. So he's trying to figure out, like, can I still use a quarter, two-quarterback system, beat the Buckeyes, then make the playoff? I think no, but it happened last year. So we'll have to see what happens there. Penn State's a tricky one, an interesting one, because they're supposed to be better than Michigan. <laughs> but they still want to rely on a quarterback that showed them he cannot win the big game. He cannot be the guy to win the, to win the division. He cannot lead mm-hmm. them to the Big Ten championship mm-hmm. game. So what is James Franklin going to do with Sean Clifford? Is he going to ride that arm? I mean, it sounds like it. I don't trust it, but that's where we are. Going to the Big Ten West, I already mentioned Purdue, and I think that Purdue is going to be one of those teams. How do they How do they fill the shoes of George Karloftis, David Bell, Milton Wright? They have Aiden O'Connell, who some say he could possibly win the Heisman Trophy. He is that good. Then you got a school like Wisconsin. You have Nebraska, which – People trying to believe in. I say, Scott Fraud, show me something. You showed me nothing so far. So I still don't think you're going to be the top of the Big Ten West. Don't sleep on Minnesota. I think someone here said Minnesota. Don't sleep on Minnesota at all. Um, PJ Fleck has done a phenomenal job of getting these players to buy in instantly. And every year at Big Ten Media Days, he wins me over. If there's one coach that I could say at the end of the day, I want to play for at those two and speak for 15 minutes. If that was the only time I heard him speak, PJ Fleck is towards the top of my list. His enthusiasm, his energy, it's Roll the boat. And man, he is just that guy that if he was coming to my living room with my mom and my dad, and he was trying to recruit me, my mom might say, Hey, I know it's cold in Minnesota. But that guy, he has something going for him. <laughs> Go play for him up there. No, that was a lot in a short amount of time. I like the Big Ten West teams. Iowa, sorry, I don't want to believe Spencer Petras once again. You don't think? Whoa, 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 really? We're talking about quarterbacks now. If I'm, if if you need a quarterback to win that division, which I think you do, y'all have to understand. It's not ba- when you look at the West of any, anything in the West come come from the Big Ten. Dog, you got to understand. This is not quarterback play. This is straight running back and and game managers. Running backs, game managers. Running backs, game managers. That's that is the wild west right there in the Big Ten country. We don't talk about the quarterbacks. I'm trying to get y'all to understand that. We don't talk about quarterbacks. What you mean, CJ? What you mean? Ohio State quarterback? He's a Heisman front runner. No, what no, you mean? no. That's the East. That's the East. He's saying the we West. Oh, the West. The West. The West. I see. I see we what he's saying. About yeah, because it worked. It worked for them last. It worked for Iowa last year. It was their defense yeah. was amazing. I just right. don't think they're going to be able to have that same success this year. I personally, and I'm going to jump in, and I I agree with Jay. The problem with Iowa, their defense was outstanding, but the the turnover rate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not sustainable. No, go go to go to go to IU the year they won nine games. When that, when, that when they the made that run, that that type of play getting. Well, I mean, like you're talking about getting one big turnover, two big turnovers, pick six, score. That's that is not a sustainable model. No, it's not. And, and and as long and as long as Kurt Ferentz and and people in Iowa City already don't like me because I thought he should have got fired two years ago when Chris <laughs> Doyle got his contract bought out. 
Uh, man, I wrote about that man, and let me tell you, folks, Iowa City was coming for my dome piece for real. But but <laughs> no, as long as he continues to employ his son as the offensive coordinator, their offense mm-hmm. is always going to stink. I mean, they had a really good running back that they basically wasted, and he's going to be better in the NFL than he was uh, in college. They just had a they had they just had a wide receiver transfer to Purdue because he's not going to get the ball thrown because Spencer Peters can't Ooh. throw. But I do think I do, and I agree. I actually agree with Conrad. It has usually been about this, you know, the Big Ten West is more traditional old school mm-hmm. Big Ten, kind of the Big Ten I grew up with, three yards in a cloud of dust. But I think right. this season you're gonna need to have effective quarterback play if you're gonna win that division. I the pro, my issue with Graham Mertz is he's the type of quarterback that can lose you games. That's it. Yeah. Like Jack, like Jack Cone, Jack Cone, who who uh, who who started for Wisconsin, Jack Cone might not have been able to win you many games, but he, he wasn't gonna lose game. you games. Graham Mertz will lose you some games. I got mm-hmm. I got three questions for Jay about Ohio State. Real quick. Go for I'm it. just jumping in. How big of a value add is Jim Knowles as defensive coordinator? Oh, that's a good opinion? question. A huge add, but I don't think he is the I don't think he's a piece. I don't think adding Jim Knowles alone will win will, will make the defense better. I personally think adding Jim Knowles and getting that a different mindset, getting somebody that has a little bit of a different flavor to the defense is huge for the Buckeyes this year. We saw what they did last year, and it was kind mm-hmm. of just like this was not Ohio State football. The physicality was not there. The level of play was not there. The linebacker play was not there. So I think it's huge. And I, I say that first part on purpose because I've heard people say, well, he is Jim Knowles' defense. Co- I, okay, I've heard Ohio State people that cover the sport, cover the team there in Columbus. Jim Knowles alone is going to get us to the championship game. He's going to get us to the playoff. The coach ain't playing the football. Like, if it, all it took was a coach to win, Phil Jackson would have more rings. Pat Riley would have more rings. Um, Bill Belichick would have more rings. Nick Saban would have more. Like, if all it took was a coach, like, these guys would be having 12, 13, 14 rings of their own. They don't have that. So, Jim knows it is a big ad, a huge ad. But it's not the end-all, be-all about how the team will play on the field. So, because really, they kind of were in free fall after Halfley left and went to Boston College. So, as well as Ohio State recruits, do you think part of the issue is they have not recruited as well defensively as they have offensively? Because, I mean, I, I don't think there's an argument. I think Ohio State has the best receiver room in the country. Hands down. One of the top two or three quarterbacks in the country. Bro, they have they have. I think I think running back out of this world. I'm a Travion Henderson fan. Yeah. yeah. And man, no one talks about speed. the O-line. They probably got a top two or three O-line in the country. But I, you don't see that. Right. But you don't see the star power on the defense. I don't so, know if it's so, all. I don't know if it's all recruiting. I think it's a combination of recruiting and development. Because okay. I was talking to my guy um, Jeff Hunt with the Off the Ball Network. Him and I do some shows quite a bit on Locked On Buckeye. He's a frequent guest, and him and I have been on the same page with saying the Ohio State recruiting. They haven't recruited at the same rate at certain positions. But you got to think in 2019, you have uh, Damon Arnett, who unfortunately got in trouble again with the law. You mm-hmm. had Jeff Okuda. You had, I think, Jordan Fuller on that squad. You had Sean Wade playing against proper position. And the DBs were phenomenal during that year. 
but linebacker play has been down. And outside of Chase Young, there has been no like elite, elite first round talent at defensive line, D tackle, or D end at Ohio State. So I don't think it's just all the recruiting. I think it's recruiting coupled with the development of the players. You think about the Ohio State's linebackers under Ryan Day alone. Has he developed any linebackers? Baron Browning, Pete Werner, they're good. They weren't elite, but they were good at their job. But he hasn't really had the Ryan Shazier or um, even like a Jerome Baker. Like you haven't had those guys at Ohio State at all. And so Raekwon McMillan for another one. And so there's a level of toughness that's not just been on the defense that's been lacking. It's been the entire team. But yeah, the toughness hasn't been there. The development hasn't been there. The recruiting hasn't been there. I think it's part of the reason why, if you look at Buckeye recruiting, there's a lack of linebackers in that unit because the, if I'm a four- or five-star recruit a linebacker mm-hmm. and Ohio State hasn't showed me much of what I want to see over the past few years, why would I commit to Ohio State right now in the middle of August when I want to wait and see what they do week two, week three, week four, week five, weeks one through eight in the season before saying, that's the school for me because Jim Knowles is creating something and those mm-hmm. linebackers are flying around and hitting. So I wouldn't say it's just you know, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. I think it's more no, than just no, that. Not you. Let me ask JT a question real quick. Because JT, I wanted to know because I feel like you have a school of mine. I think Michigan State. What is, what's your thoughts on this team? Because I know I know that you, you know, you, you like your boy over there. So I just want to know. Okay. What's your thoughts on so just keep it a butt with you. Michigan State is always that sleeper team to me. Like mm-hmm. you never know which Michigan State you're gonna get. You, you may get the eleven to two Michigan State last year. Um, I do think that with what Michigan State got coming back, I think they can be um, a thorn in the side of of Ohio State, a thorn in the side for Michigan. I don't see them really being competitive as, as they should be. Yes, they brought back a lot of players, but I think. Right now, I think Harbaugh is going to mentally have that team better than than last year. I think Ohio State is going to, going to dominate. Ohio State is going to be Ohio State. Ryan O'Day is going to really get that team to where they are just top tier. Penn State is going to be Penn State. But I do feel like, you know, Michigan State can potentially be a team that can – I ain't going to say come out, come out the uh, come out the, uh, the, the uh, East – but I do think there'll be a team that will cause some problems, and I, I they may be they may finish the season as a top ten. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just feel like Ohio State right now is is the team to beat. Michigan, even though they won last, won the Big Ten last year, but they're not the team to beat. Ohio State is the team to beat. They came in preseason number two. You know what I'm saying? So realistically, Ohio, Ohio State got that 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 target on their back. But my thing is. How will Ohio State handle Notre Dame? Would that game be closer to what people are expecting it to be? Do you think it's going to be a blowout? No, no. yeah, yeah. So, 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 so JT, just because you said that, and we didn't get to this on the yard. Um, first of all, can we all agree that Ohio State has clearly separated themselves from the rest of this conference? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a clear separation. It, I, I would argue Michigan is probably still the second best team in the Big Ten. But it's but there's a, a a large line between the two of them. Just FYI, uh, I mean the rest of the conference. Be honest with you, is a glorified back conference. Because here here's the thing. <laughs> Wait, what you just say? I, hey, out here just taking shots at the rest of the Big Ten. I just say it's a glorified Mac conference. That's all it is. The rest of the conference is a glorified Mac conference. Comrade, man, you be saying crazy stuff, but. The logic behind that actually, in some ways, makes sense, especially in the West. 
and it, and that's more about recruiting than anything else. Like, but um, Michigan State two problems. Number one, first, first of all, Ohio State. <laughs> there, there's not an offense in the Big Ten that could take advantage of Ohio State's defense because they're gonna have bumps because they're changing schemes. They're I think Michigan will. No, uh, I don't know, man. I don't. Know. I, I think Michigan may have a chance. I don't. I don't know. So, no matter who starts a quarterback, who who are they throwing to? Kate Kate gonna find somebody. He gonna, who, he gonna, who is yeah. they 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 mauled people last season. They I, don't have to sign. My concern about 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 Michigan this year, they're retooling their D line, they're retooling their O line. They don't have to sign Haskins. He's gone. They do not have a perimeter deep threat. They don't have a dynamic perimeter player. I, you're you're going to see Michigan regress. They may still finish second in the East, but that's only because I don't think Penn State can block anybody. And, and if there's one, if there's one serious criticism of of James Franklin, other than not being able to recruit anything more than try hard quarterbacks, is that offensive line is stunk for like three yeah. seasons. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to stink again this season. Yeah, Penn State, all- Penn State statistically might have the best defense in the Big Ten, but they may waste it if they can't block them because they haven't been able to run them. For, the offensive line wasn't good when Saquon Barkley was there. It was just that Saquon was so special. He Barkley, covered up he was, a, a mediocre O-line. Was freaking thighs is what it was. He was and, running and, everybody and I, I, like, I like Michigan State, but there are 127 teams that play football, and Michigan State finished 127 in the pass defense. And I don't know how much better that's going to get this season. They can't nah. get to the quarterback and they can't cover nobody. Yeah, this is true. And the thing is, I think, I think here's the thing. I think when you do what what they did last season, and there's a lot, there's a lot of luck elements that went into that season because Ohio State beat them fifty six to seven last year, and Ohio State gonna throw a whole bunch of fifty burgers on a whole lot of teams. A whole lot of teams. But I, I think, man. but I think if I don't. People, Michigan State fans shouldn't be disappointed if you see them finish seven and five because really Michigan State arrived a year or two early. Yeah, because I, because, I because the, yeah. he hasn't had a chance to recruit. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance. He 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 lucked up on Kenneth Walker, who was a rotational back at Wake Forest, mm-hmm. who was really fast and just thrived in his own blocking scheme, and that's how he got um, to where he got. Professor, I got a question for you. Yeah. With that being said, how similar is Michigan and Nebraska? Because here's my big here's my big question. Because Nebraska went into the transfer border and got all those kids from the West Coast and got some of the kids from over here in uh in the, in the Big Ten and not Big Ten but in the Big Twelve. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. I mean, he went all, got all those kids in the in the transport portal because of how they play, how Michigan State played last year with all their transfers. Do you think Nebraska is going to look like what what uh Michigan State looked like this year? No, I don't trust Scott Frost. Um, okay, I I think that I think the issue with Nebraska is traditionally their identity with hard football and. I don't, I don't, I don't think you can. Nebraska is one is in one of the worst recruiting footprints in America, mm. and, and 
you know, there was a time where they could go get the fast black dudes because when nobody else recruiting them, but Miami, but now everybody recruiting fast black dudes from like Miami Dade in Florida and South Central LA. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when, and and that's, that's going way back in the day, but I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't like Nebraska's roster. I mean, Scott Frost kept no one. So when that, that Wondell Robinson class, that was a top 15 class. Mm-hmm. Every major contributor from that class transferred. Like no one's left from that class. And he hasn't been able to recruit at that level. I like Casey Thompson, but and, and now now they got Mark Whipple from Pitt. So so mm-hmm. now so now you just you're gonna try to be like the seventh best spread team in the Big Ten because you can't mm-hmm. recruit to that. But now I personally believe that if they decided to play the way Wisconsin plays. And just FYI, Barry Alvarez was the mm. architect of those Wisconsin teams from back in the day. You know where he came from? Nebraska. He was on Tom Osborne's mm. staff. If they go back, like the walk-on program, where they just used to churn out O-linemen, the walk-on program isn't what it used to be. They've got the money. Right. They've got the facilities. But I really think they need to really lean in on developing guys, playing power football, because you can grow old linemen and you can find running backs. But trying mm-hmm. to be spread, trying to find fast guys, they're not going to get the guys that they need. Because, you know, like you said, it's the recruiting aspect of it. So, so, but real quick, though, before my, my man Jay Stevens get off, uh, first I want to say thank you for coming on, bro. Yeah, man. Um, I got one quick question for you. Yeah. The merger with uh, USC and UCLA coming on, give me your quick thoughts on that and how you think that, that will shape out the Big Ten. It's weird. It's really weird thinking you're going to have schools in L.A. playing schools like Rutgers and Maryland and Penn State and Ohio State. Not a home-and-home home series. These are legitimate conference games. To me, that is, that's ultimately weird. I think over the grand scheme of things, over the next 10, 15 years, I think it's great for the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten's about to sign a deal um, where they're going to be making over $1 billion in their TV contract. And you're going to have game – I think the sequence is – yeah, game at 12 noon on Fox. A game at 3.30 Eastern times on CBS. A primetime game on NBC and possibly a late night 10.30 or 11 p.m. Eastern kick. Whoever's on the West Coast um, will be playing that on the FS1. That's huge for exposure. That's huge for mom and dad, for grandma and grandpa, that you're not having them fi- try to find the ESPN. They're having to try and find ABC, CBS, um, or excuse me, CBS, Fox, and um nbc these networks they've been watching their entire lives they know where that is on their dial on the clicker i think it's huge um i also think it's going to level up the level of competition in the big 10 and also if i am a school like in oregon or washington or miami or florida state would you prefer to stay in your current conference or would you prefer to go to the big 10 where it's a really competitive football and basketball and make a lot of money or stay where you currently are so i think it's great for the conference i think it's great for everybody overall and honestly man Football's weird to me now. Like, I grew up, uh, something professor and I kind of realized, like, football used to be uh, geographic. It used to be that that was huge. Uh, but then all of a sudden, once they started to implement a, uh, a wannabe national championship game of the 90s and then the BCS and the, the playoff, that's when expansion moving around really exploded. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon until they find a way to get a concrete way to – Find a champion and stick with it for 10, 15, 20 years. Because as they keep talking about expansion, as they don't have one body or voice running the sport, 
we're going to see a lot of changes in the sport as far as who's in each conference because that's not it. I could easily see a Cal, a Stanford um, joining the Big Ten as well. A lot of those schools out west need the money to sustain their athletic departments and to not cancel football, uh, cancel um, teams, sporting teams there. Well, join the conference making the most money. You'll be able to save some of those uh, some of those teams there. But, guys, I got to go. JT, appreciate it. Connie, yes, sir. Professor, I appreciate you, bro. It's always fun. Um, plus, come back, bro. Come back, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know how to find me. DMs are always open. Just just let me know. I'll try to fit you in Man. the schedule, but I, you know, I'll work it out for y'all. Yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate you bro, for coming through, man. Man. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. man. Thank you for enrolling in today's courses, man. <laughs> welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to MVP University, welcome brother. MVP. <laughs> See y'all. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Hey, that was dope, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Thank you, JC, for coming through, man. So, you know, we're at the end of our show here today, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, like I said, follow us on all social media, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, chime in with us, you know what I'm saying? Um, so right now, you know, we're going to do the pick them. Um, <laughs> bring Jay Stevens back. <laughs> He'll come back. I promise. <laughs> um, so Westside, who do you got winning the Big Ten, bro? Ohio State. Okay. Professor? I got I got, I got. got Ohio State beating Purdue in the championship game. So I'm going to go with you guys. I'm going to say, I was gonna say don't be contrarian. Man. Nah, Ohio I, I, State. I ain't going to be the uh, – but I'm going to say Ohio State and, and Wisconsin – no, Ohio State and Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship game. I think Minnesota will win the West. Um, I really like what, what Minnesota got coming back this year. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go with Minnesota, uh, Ohio State. Ohio State win by 45. I do see okay, – I think they're they going to be Purdue by 45. Jay, please, who does Minnesota have coming back? That you like so much, uh, other other than my man Muhammad Ibrahim. So other than him, who who? They got Glaze coming back at corner. So so they have a solid offense coming back. I have I've got um I don't have the the information in front of me right now, but from when I when I was reading earlier today that they are pretty much returning eighty five percent of the offensive starters, if I'm not mistaken. And last year they were a nine and fourteen. And a lot of their losses wasn't was like close losses. They was uh, six and three in the conference. You know what I'm saying? So they really got opportunity to. They're in the West. They are. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah, only people in the West is what Iowa. Uh, you got Iowa in the West. You got uh, Wisconsin in the West. Wisconsin gonna be a. They're gonna be a consistent team year in and year in year out. But I think Minnesota is is that year for them. Scott Frost is really finna just do what he got to do. Right. I, I think a, a lot of people, a lot of people on Minnesota because they, they so they brought back Kurt Soraka. And that was the last time Tanner McGee, Tanner McKee, excuse me, no Tanner McKee is at Stanford. Tanner Morgan, my bad, my goodness, my my encyclopedia is a little off today. <laughs> uh, last time Tanner Morgan was good, Soraka was the old coordinator, but he also had a three deep running back room and two NFL wide receivers. My, my and. and they did. They they they're losing. I want to say either two thirds or three fifths of that O line, which I'm not worried about because Minnesota has really done a great job of developing really good offensive linemen. And and and, and as as I will always say, the game of football is played from the inside out. If you can't block, you can't get to the quarterback. You're in trouble. But I I just don't I don't know if I trust 
the receiver because Tanner Morgan needs good wide receivers. He does. I'm like, who was the Rashad Bateman, Chris Altman bail for Minnesota this year? Actually, what you said, that's why I like Purdue. Man, listen, I know they lost David Bell, but they got Brock Thompson um, coming back. They're not going to be able to run the football. I don't think they're going to try to run the football. They're going to throw to their running backs. It was um, a, a spread, a spread offense this year. Yes, and and I know a lot of people are concerned about not having George Karloftis, mm. but they got Jack Sullivan and Kedron Jenkins. What Purdue needs, because their first twenty-two, I think, is one of the best in the West. They got to stay healthy. They get hurt. Like Kidron Jones, Sullivan, those guys get hurt on defense, they're going to be in trouble because they're not very deep. But if they play to their ceiling and they stay healthy, I I really like Purdue. And one one last thing about Wisconsin uh, that I've never really heard people talk about, even people who cover the Big Ten, they didn't tackle well. That defense was not a Wisconsin defense last season. They missed a lot of tackles. They couldn't get to the quarterback. Linebacker play was average. I I'm like Jim Leonard. What's going on in Madison? I and and that and and you know Graham Mertz good for three picks a game. So unless uh, unless you go unless you gonna run fifty five times again, I don't see was I don't see a path for Wisconsin. Hey, like I said, Minnesota, Ohio State, Ohio State. Okay, I'm gonna, gonna take it in. So man, once again, I thank y'all for for tuning in with this man. You know, it's a unanimous pick. Everybody has picking has picked Ohio State to win it all. Um, shouts out to everyone who tuned in with us. Uh, shouts out to the whole team, man. My boy Westside, Professor Pryor. You know what I'm saying? We we do this for y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? We love college sports, but at the end of the day, y'all are our people. So thank y'all for another uh, session of um, MVP University. The school checks will be dropping in a couple of days. Um, so so uh, check your uh, your my refund or, or bank mobile account. You know, uh, MVP University gonna send, send out school checks in a couple of days, man. So. Uh, thank y'all hey. so much for tuning in. What's up, Wes? One announcement. Hey, if you are in the Tallahassee area, I got a treat for you. Um, and if you are in the Atlanta area or any in uh, the what's what's the area you in, uh, Professor? Indiana, bro. Indiana. <laughs> no, Northwest I, Indiana. North, if you're in the Northwest Indiana area, I got a big treat for y'all. Man, we are guys that like to be in the field, especially me here in Tallahassee, man. So, look, man, if you are a young guy trying to get yourself out there, don't worry. We got you. We are going to come to your schools, and we're going to have some, like, we won't have somebody out there recording you or whatever. I am going to be out here recording, and not only that, I'm just going to be recording. I will be giving out <laughs> MVP letters to the, to the most valuable player of the game. So, be tuned for that because uh, that's going to be coming in the coming weeks. We're going to hopefully push that for playoffs for the other uh, for the other areas. But starting next week with Florida, we will be going out there. We're going to be having the MVP JT or MVP University film sessions with regular kids out there that's yes, trying sir. to go to university. Man, I'm excited to launch that, man. Also, Professor. I got to ask you one question before you One question. Who is the Big Ten's footsteps? Uh, foot, or your foot mat? As the, uh, the, the, uh, the Big Ten's doormat? 
Yeah. I was saying the East, um, because somebody got to take the L's, man. I think in the East is gonna it's gonna be it may be Indiana this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Rutgers, but it's gonna be between Indiana and Rutgers. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, out West, I think it's gonna once again either be Nebraska again or Illinois. Although I think Illinois is gonna be a lot better this year. I mean, they finished five and seven last year. They they may find that six win and get to the postseason. Okay. All right, JT, get us out of here, brother. Yo, thank y'all once again. Session classes out of session. Meet me in, uh, in the student union. We out. I'll be in the quad. I don't know. Like I don't know. I'll be in the quad. <laughs> I'm being a library. Like, well, I mean, the quad <laughs> is where everybody's going to be at, man. I, man. I, I thought. I thought. We I'm in the union, to... bro. I'm in the union, man, bro. I'm going to eat I, good. I told... I told everybody where I was going to be. I told everybody I would be in the quad. So maybe I'll go to the quad. I don't know what y'all think. I'm in the union. I'm in the student union, bro. The student center, bro. Come meet me there. Man, shoot. They got they got a whole entire step show in the quad. So I'm going there. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports.